Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So as you know, I have been talking the last few weeks about the gifts of the Spirit and wanting, I really believe it's the Lord. He wants us to grow up in that and to know how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And I taught it on Tuesdays, and I've been teaching it on Thursdays. And so on Thursday, I mean on Tuesday, uh, one of the women came up to me afterwards and thought she had a word for somebody. And uh, so she told me what it was, and I knew when she said it, it did not bear witness with me. And I was like, "Um, okay, how did you hear that? What did you do? What was your process? And uh, so she told me, and I said, I really need to go back and reteach. So I'm going to bring some things up I've already taught on, is we have to understand how the Spirit of God moves, and we don't want to just come up with a word that may sound good. We don't want to just come up and just have a word for somebody and then not be a word from God. So, you know, we're learning and we're growing, and she received correction right there. I mean, it was great. She said, well, that way I know what not to do, and that's the key. You know, and so I want to go back over some, some things that we have talked about. You know, the book of Corinthians that Paul writes about the gifts of the Spirit is written to the church, right? And it's written to the church, and there were there some corrective words in there that Paul was bringing to the church so that they could understand. In fact, most of First uh, Corinthians is letters that Paul wrote back, they would ask questions and Paul would write the answers back. And so here he is really bringing correction to the church, to the early church. But you have to understand, they were learning this stuff. You know, and there's not a lot in the Word of God about the gifts, but just like them, we're learning how to function and move in the gifts and how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit so we will know how to flow with God, be able to say and do what God wants us to do. Amen? So, you know, if you feel a little ignorant, well, Paul told them, well, I don't want you to be ignorant in this, so don't feel like you're by yourself. The Corinthian church was in the same place and they were learning. So I'm just going to read a little bit out of uh, Brother Hagen's book. I'm really not going to use a lot of it tonight, but I am going to go back over some things. So in Brother Hagen's, when he was re- when he was reading, we look at Paul's letter here to the Corinthians, in which he says, "Covet earnestly the best gifts, or desire spiritual gifts, and we take it personally that I am to desire them as my own personal possession." However, Paul was not writing this letter to an individual member of the church of Christ. He was writing to the whole church at at Corinth. He was telling them as a church, as a group, as a group to desire these gifts. Then if they as a group would earnestly desire these things to be manifested in their midst, the Spirit would divide to every man severally as he wills, inferring that we are not all going to have the same manifestations dispensed at the same time. 
And so when that uh, lady was asking me about that, what she was doing was looking for a word. And Paul is saying here, and I want to emphasize this, there are nine gifts of the Spirit, right? And we are to covet earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. We are to earnestly, as a body, covet the gifts of the Spirit. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we have been in, and let's, let's just examine what he is saying here. So, he says, we'll just go over it. We'll start with verse 4 again. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So this, when we operate in these gifts, it's to profit all. It's for the body. It's for the function of the body, for edification, exhortation, and comfort, right? We've, we've gone over that. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. It does not say everybody's going to operate in the word of knowledge, in the word of wisdom. Not everybody's going to operate in discerning of the spirits, in the, in the nine gifts, he's going to divide them in the body as he wills. He's going to plant them in the body. So when we've been studying uh, the word of knowledge, and maybe you have not been used in that, maybe that's not your gift. And so sometimes, like this lady, she's trying to operate in a gift that may not be her gift. And so... Somebody may think, well, what's wrong with me if I'm not operating in that gift and somebody else is? It's as the Spirit divides or puts in or wants to use that person. It's given to the body, and the Holy Spirit comes in and divides. So if you're not operating in the uh, word of knowledge, there's nothing wrong with you. It just means that's not your gift, and that's not a big deal. God will use you in one of the gifts. Does that make sense? That's how the body is to flow. So when we're studying each of the gifts, it's to make you aware what this study is to do and what we're doing is to make us aware and open ourselves up to be used in the gifts because God wants them used in the church. And he wants to use the body in these gifts. And so he's letting us know it's as he wills, not as we will, not as, you know, we do have to surrender ourselves, yield to the Spirit of God, but don't try to conjure up something. 
Don't try to make something happen. Or don't feel like you have to. That takes the pressure off of you. It's as the Spirit wills. And we are Spirit-filled people that know the voice of God. We've been learning to walk with God, right? Well, if He can take you, and I don't believe there's any babies in here. I'm not talking about Randy being pregnant. <laughs> I'm talking spiritually. I think all of us have some maturity to us. We may be in different levels. But we all have gotten to a place that we know the voice of God. And we've been following him, or else why would you be here? Right? You've been following God. You've been coming to church. You've been learning. You've been growing. You're putting yourself in a position to follow after God. We all know we're to be led by the Spirit of God. That doesn't mean we haven't made mistakes and wish we had not turned away. We turned, but got back on track. Right? So the gifts of the Spirit in operation is us just hearing God and just yielding to the Spirit of God and not getting in a fret over trying to figure out what is my gift. I believe part of what God's going to do in these teachings is awaken you. Awaken you, oh, God wants me to operate in this gift. And if you just operate in one gift, well, praise God. Do it to your very best. Amen? Let, let that gift learn how that gift operates. And not try to figure out, well, somebody else may have two. Well, I have several. But you're not me. And you don't stand in the office I stand in. But it doesn't make me better. It's as the Spirit wills. As he gives to you what he has for you. I'm just trying to clear some things up of how the Spirit of God works so that we understand that we do not have to operate in every gift. In fact, really, it is not designed for us to operate in every gift. That's not the design of the gifts of the Spirit. It's for the body to operate. And that's why Paul goes on to say, verse 14, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not the body? So remember, he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, right? And so he's going to give us a picture of the operation of the gifts of the Spirit through the body. And so he's using the body and he's saying, if I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Well, if I don't operate in the gift of knowledge or in the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom, then therefore I'm not of the body. Wouldn't that be silly? And so if you're not operating in that gift, it doesn't mean you're not a part of the body. It just means that God is not using you in that gift. That's why he's explaining the function of the body so that we can understand that he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. 
He's explaining how it works so that we do not belittle our gift or try to use somebody else's gift or make up something or think I've got to be, I'm not spiritual enough, and so therefore I'm not part of the body. Does that make sense? So he says, verse 16, and if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where, were, where would the heal, hearing? If the, whole body, if the whole body were hearing, where, are, where is the smell? So if everybody operated in one gift, the, everybody or all of us operated in the word of knowledge, and somebody needs healing, and we needed the gifts of healing, and everybody's going, well, my gift is the word of knowledge. Therefore, no, we need all the gifts in operation for whatever is going on. And that's what he's referring to here. You can't say, you know, that the eye is not important. You can't say the ear is not important. You can't say that, that it's not part of the body. The same he's referring to as the gifts of the Spirit in full operation is going to operate like your body does. That's what, it's, that's what he's trying to get across to us. That just like your eyes have a, have a function, they have a part. Different from our ears. Our ears have a different function. Our smell has a different function. Our hand has a different function than our foot. But it all works together. It all functions together. And so if I was to take my foot and put it in my ear... I would look pretty ridiculous, right? Because my foot is not going to be able to hear. And that's what he's saying about the gifts. Understanding that he wants the nine gifts in function in the body. So when they're needed, as he wills, when they're needed in the body, they're functioning. Does that make sense? I'm just trying to help clear this up so that we're all not trying to focus on one gift because that's basically I've taught a little bit on the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and a little bit on prophecy. And so I don't want you just to just say, well, I didn't function in any of those, and therefore it would be like you saying I'm not part of the body. Well, that's just ridiculous. We're all part of this body and we all have a function so verse 18 but now has God set the members every one of them in the body what does it say as you please oh what let's look at it again as your neighbor pleases no as who pleases as God pleases. So go back, think about this with the gifts. He's the one that's giving the gift. He's the one that has put it in us, and he'll use you in the gift as he pleases. When it's needed, he wants you to be available. And if they were all one member, 
were where were the body but now are they many members yet one body so when we really get that understanding that we are one body this this church body yes the body of Christ but I'm I'm referring to this house right now the body of this house functioning and flowing in our gifts and our calling and in that place that God has put in us that when it's needed you've yielded to it you've learned to step into it you've learned we had a service just think about it if you have 500 people in here you need some people in full operation you need people that know how to function in the body because you may have the word of knowledge. You may have the word of wisdom. You may have the gifts of healing. And if we need them, we want them in operation, right? We want to be able to yield to it and be used in those gifts and not trying to figure out, well, I don't like my gift. It's not about what you like. It's about what the Lord is doing in the house. Paul is having to explain all of this to the Corinthian church because they were operating in the gifts. Sometimes, you know, um, look at something in chapter 14, verse 26. Now, he's talking on the gifts of the Spirit. He's talking on the Word of God, and he's talking about what the Corinthian church is going through. And he says in verse 26, how is it then? What's the deal, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. And then he says, let all things be done unto edifying. So he's pulling them in. Because obviously something is going on in the church. He has to talk to them through chapter 14. He's talking to them about prophecy. He's talking to them about the gifts. But he's talking to them also. He's saying, we can't all come in and speak in tongues. And so people take that and misinterpret. Not everybody should speak in tongues. He's talking about, remember what he's talking about. He's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And if we all just start speaking in tongues... We got to have somebody that's going to interpret it, right? We just, or else it's going to look like somebody unsaved comes in and it's going to look chaotic. So there's a function to the gifts, and he's explaining to the Corinthian church how the gifts function and how the gifts work so that we can work with the Holy Ghost, yield to him, be used of him, and understand it's not about us. It's about what he is doing, the work of the Spirit of God. I hope I'm explaining this. I really prayed about this today to help us get in that place of understanding the gifts of the Spirit to a place that God wants the church to be in. So he said, let all things be done unto edification. And that's what the gifts are for, right? Edifying, exhortation, and comfort, right? That's what they're for. He said, if any man speak in an undone tongue, let it, let it be by two or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. So he's giving instruction in, 
here about tongues and interpretation. And he's just basically saying, I don't know exactly what was going on, but there was some things out of place in the Corinthian church of where the gifts of the Spirit were. And he's trying to teach them how to flow with that and how to move. And so I don't know if they had, he had to come in and say, hey, look, there's 10 of you just speaking in tongues. There's nobody interpreting and nobody knows what's going on. So he's trying to put everything, he said at the very end of this chapter, he said, let all things be done decently and in order. So there's an order to the gifts. There's an order to the function and the flow of the Spirit, and that's why you have a leader. To watch over and make sure that the gifts are flowing in the right way, because God's going to anoint that leader to understand what's going on. As a head, he knows what the body's doing. Your head knows what your body is doing, right? I mean, your body isn't going this way and your head going that way, right? Little impossible for that to have. I mean, I'm not seeing anybody take their head off and go this way and then your feet go this way. Doesn't function that way. Your head knows what your body is doing. The head, you know, directs what's going on. Well, that's the same in a service. You have a head, which is whoever's leading up here. You have a head, and as the head, the head's going to know what's going on. That's why when I've, I've taught and I've pulled people out and used them, it's, it's because the Holy Spirit is giving me instruction on what is going on. And so in a service, there is everything has to be done decently in order. And in the Corinthian church, they were doing things out of order and not functioning and flowing like they should. So Paul had to come in and set things in order. So I'm saying that because he wants us to learn what our operation is, what the gifts that are on the inside of us. If it's one gift, it's one gift, and praise God and rejoice in that. Amen? You know, it's not a matter how many gifts you have. It's a matter of simply learning to function in it. And I love something Brother Hagen said. He said, too many times we try to be the jack of all trade and the masters of none. Spiritually speaking, instead of just say, staying in our place and using whatever gift God has given us or whatever ministry we may have, we try to do the other fellow's ministry or job. You might like somebody, you might like to operate in the power gifts, you know, in the gift of faith or in uh, the gifts of healing. You might like to operate in that. That would be fun. But if it's not your gift, don't belittle the word of knowledge. Because that word of knowledge, when it comes to somebody, could be just as effective as healing somebody's body because it could heal somebody's emotions. The gifts are used by the Spirit of God to bring forth what He has to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort to the body. Just keep that in mind when we're th talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And don't mess them up 
with other things that are going on. Don't mess it up with somebody's office. Pastor, evangelist, apostle, prophet, teacher. They operate in those gifts. Most of them operate in a higher authority in it because it's their gift. But everybody can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? So, it says, I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 1. Something he said here was interesting. And it's, again, this is Paul writing. So, he says in verse 23... Well, I'll do 22. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So we know he's the head. He orchestrates. He orchestrates everything, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, you all have heard me say this, but many years ago when I spent a week up at Billy Brim's and Lynn Hammond and Billy Brim were teaching on prayer from 8 to 5 every day, you know, at the end of the week, she had all the pastors come forward and kneel down at the altar. And she said, God is going to give you a word to pray, and you are to pray that word and declare that over your own church. And she said, I believe they'll be different. And the word I got was fullness. And I have prayed that for many years about this body that we're going to operate in the fullness, and one of the things we're going to operate is because when we understand, you know, Jesus is the head. He's the one that orchestrates this. That anointing of him comes down on us, and we function in his anointing. That's how we function. It's not our own anointing. It's his anointing. It's his grace that he gives to us. And part of what he wants us to do is operate in the gifts, bringing us to the fullness of him. We're a body that is going to come into the fullness of, of Jesus himself. He's the head. We're the body. And we're missing areas of our life that we need to learn to function and move in. And so many people and so many churches are not functioning and moving in the gifts of the Spirit because they don't know about them. They think they've passed away. They don't think they're important. We don't need them. But it's part of the fullness of the body of Christ. It's part of Jesus operated in these gifts. If Jesus operated in these gifts, don't you think it's important for us? He, he functioned in these things on the earth, and he's told us he wants us functioning him. That's part of walking in the fullness of the body of Christ. That's walking in the fullness of who he is. Now, look at Ephesians 4, verse 7. But unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So he's telling every one of us is giving a measure of faith, a measure of that anointing, a measure of that grace. It's not an equal measure. It's a measure that you need for what you're operating in. It's what God has given to you. 
Jesus operated in the full measure. We're under the head. So the measure of grace in the gift that he gives us, there's a measure of grace for the gift that he gives us for you and I to operate in. So as we operate, we have that anointing, we have that grace, his anointing, his grace to operate in that. And so we can operate in the fullness when we learn and understand that our anointings, our grace works together to make up the fullness of the body, to make the full measure. So if I take my measure that God has given me and destiny comes alongside, come alongside, and she operates in her gift and her grace. And then over here, Angela comes up, works in her gift, works in her grace. What are we doing? We're beginning to form, join, fitly join together, operating where our gifts flow, operating in the anointing, joining together, looking more like a body looking more like the fullness of what God has for us and the fullness of that grace. And then it doesn't take away, it adds to. Amen? Is, is it, does that help clear up? So if Angela is operating, let's just say Angela is operating in the word of, of knowledge, and she has this word that, Somebody in the room needs healing in, I'll just take a, a leg. She's broken. But she doesn't have the gift, the gifts of healing. But destiny has the gifts of healing. And destiny has been using that gift. And she has this amazing grace to heal legs. Well, what do we do? We take this word. Ah, a good word. And then I come up and say, I'm the one that needs healing in my leg. And so destiny comes up. Destiny prays for me. We're working together. The gifts are working together. They're flowing and functioning together. And what happens? Because she has the measure of faith, the measure of grace, the measure of anointing for healing, let's use that gift. And she starts using that. What's it going to do to her faith, first of all? It's going to accelerate. She's going to have that confidence. Ooh, I believe when I pray for you, Pastor Vicki, you're going to be healed. <laughs> so it begins they work together took the word of knowledge and it took the gifts of healing does that make sense so it makes the body function as the body that god wants us to be thank you thank you thank you for healing my leg i appreciate it hallelujah so when i was when i was Studying this and looking at this, 
you know, that measure is, is something that is a portion. It's something that God has himself has determined that each person gets. They get a portion of that grace. And when we put it all together, when we work it and function it all as one body with nobody trying to be the top dog in it, this functioning as the body, then we start seeing the signs, wonders, and miracles. You know, you look at Oral Roberts. You know, he had a tremendous healing ministry. I mean, people just got healed. Why? He operated in, he probably operated in gifts of healing and gifts of miracles. You know, Marie Woodward Etter, man, she had a tremendous anointing for tumors and growths that would just be hanging on somebody's body and just would fall off. I mean, very seldom did they not get healed because she had a measure of anointing or a measure of grace for healing of tumors. Well, let's use that gift if somebody has got tumors. You want to go where the gift is in operation. You want to go where that gift and that functions in the body. Now, all of us should be able to play, pray the, the prayer of faith. Because Jesus said that as a believer, you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're, they're going to recover, right? Most of the time, our faith is not activated for that. We haven't gotten there yet. As if, we, if I was to pull somebody out and just say, I want you to pray. Well, you might pray, but you might not mix faith with it. I'm just being real. So if we begin to learn our grace, learn to walk in our grace, and unite together, we're going to start seeing more in the body. We're going to start seeing the signs, wonders, and miracles in manifestation that he wants for us. When we start operating in our place, in the gifts, and believing that God wants to use us, that God has anointed us and we start recognizing what gifts we have and start believing that these gifts are in operation in us, we're going to start seeing more. Amen? Amen. I'm teaching good. I want us to understand the importance of our gifts. And so he says... Back to verse 7. But unto every one of us is given. Unto every one of us is given. But unto every one of us. Are you in that category? Is given the grace. So we have the grace. Right? I have the grace. Come on. I have the grace. I have the grace. I want to hear you say it. To operate. In the measure of the gift, according to Christ, the anointing. And sometimes you've got to say those things out of your mouth to stir you up, get you into that place that you are believing that that grace is operating in you. And so he says, but unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift. What are we talking about? The gifts of the Spirit, right? 
We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, how they operate, how they function, and every one of us have them. And God wants them, God wants them functioning in us and through us so that every gift is in full operation. What a glorious church that will be. You know, we've heard in the last days there's not going to be any superstars. You know why? Because we're going to learn how to function. See, there, he, he's got people that know their function and know their place. And so we, we, we as people put them at a higher level because we see that operation. And it's because the body's not operating. Once the body is operating in the full measure of Christ and we're all functioning where we're supposed to be functioning, there won't be the need of just one person doing it. But God has had to do with what God has had to do because his people didn't come up and believe that they could use, be used. And so he's had to have people like Oral Roberts. He's had to have people. He has enough grace and enough measure of the anointing for everyone to function and flow in their place. And it will fit together. That's why Colossians says, fitly joined together. The body fitly joined, functioning as the body of Christ. And no one in a place saying, it's only my gift. Everybody's saying, we all have gifts. Everybody being used. That's exciting to me. And that's why he has me teaching so that your faith, I'm believing your faith is getting aroused getting into that place that you're saying, yeah, he means me. Oh, that grace, that measure of faith is in my life. Oh, he's talking about me. Instead of being fearful and drawing back, which so many believers have done, and we are called believers, right? Believing that we can function as Jesus did. And so I want to arouse the gifts in you. And if you haven't operated yet in a gift, God wants you to. Wants you moving in it. But if the word of knowledge is what is needed and it's not your gift, don't worry about it. Wait for your gift. Because you're going to discover it. I'm just declaring over you, every one of you in this house is going to discover your gift. We need you. Jesus needs you in full operation and full function and whatever it may be. So I felt like in my heart I needed to go back over some things so that we could understand 
You, you don't have to try to make something happen. You don't have to conjure it up. You know, you don't have to be fearful of it. I mean, uh, Angela was just so cool the other morning, and Tuesday morning. I knew she had a word. And so I just called her up, and I know, I know Angela well enough to know that she would fight fear. But she said at the end, she said, I've been talking to myself. And she said, I'm, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. If she, if she calls me up, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. She said, you did that for how long? Two days. She was going, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. I'm, I'm going to do. I'm, I'm not going to fear. God's going to show me. You know, she had to speak to herself. Well, you know what she did? I had her stand up there. I had her just relax. I mean, I said, now, I know everybody's eyes on you right now, but I don't want that to be pressure on you. You know, just relax. The Spirit of God's going to use you. And she gave a great word. And God used her in that. And she, it was the first time. The first time. She did it because she talked to herself. And she said, I'm not going to fear. I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust that God wants to use me. That's a major step. And that's what God wants you to know. She stepped out of her comfort zone. Stepped out of something that was foreign to her, different to her, and flowed and functioned in it. That is going to encourage her to be used again. That's going to encourage and strengthen her faith. And so that's why we're talking on the gifts of the Spirit, but I want all of us in that place, if you haven't, done something before if you've never operated in the gifts that does not mean you don't have them that just means they haven't been opened up but we're going to open up gifts we're going to open up these so everybody comes forth so we walk in the fullness of christ so we take that measure of faith and I take Destiny's measure of faith, and I take Angela's measure of faith, and my measure of faith, and the rest of your measures of faith, and we start looking like Jesus, and we have the church of signs and wonders and miracles and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? And it's coming through the body. And I believe your faith is going to be built to the place that you step into it. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. I'm excited about it. I want to get you excited about it. I want you to get just like Angela did when you, before you come to service on a Thursday. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. I don't care how many times you have to say it. And I want you to desire that we all operate in the gifts. That's what Paul said. To the church. Desire that. Desire for the spiritual. We're going after the presence and the power of God. What does that mean? Operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Because you get in the presence of God. He wants to move. 
You get in the presence of God and he wants to do something. Get in the presence of God. Think about this. You get in the presence of God and somebody is hurting or somebody. You, you watch Pastor and I operate in the gifts, right? And we know the direction of the church, you know, when things are going on. And I'll give a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, you know, because we're in the presence of God. But he doesn't want just me doing it. He doesn't want y'all sitting out in your seats being observers. He wants you to learn to function and be participators. And how much can get accomplished if you have a huge amount of people? We can't we can't cover everything. But if the body is functioning in its right place, shoo, we're going to see the glory of God. Because we're stepping out of ourselves, stepping into him, and trusting what he's doing. Amen? Amen. Can you get excited about that? Get into the place that you can believe God to use you in whatever it is. Uh, you know, there are the power gifts. Uh, we need them in the body. We need the gifts of healing where there's a grace that when that word starts working and healing in the presence of God... And people really start getting healed, not just one or two. But when the gifts are in full operation, we're going to see those things. And if there's more than one that operates in the gifts of healing, and you've got certain anointings, man, we get to see them manifested. We could have people over here that, you know, need a healing of, of eyes and somebody has that anointing for eyes well let's let them pray for them and at this end somebody over here has plugged up ears let that anointing let that flow do you understand what I'm saying that means you got to be like Angela say I'm not going to fear I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. And I'm not going to say, what if it doesn't work? We're going to say, what if it works? Because we're going to learn to trust the measure of grace on the gift that he's given us. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.